Hey guys, this is I'm a Rescue Podcast. I'm your host. I'm Steph Clark. And I'm your other host, Tom Clark. I feel like so professional because we've been watching that morning show with Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon. So now I just feel like I'm already a journalist. That's right. Because I've done 30 podcasts. And I've been watching Tiger King, so I feel like I can own tigers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm so over that. Po- I'm so over that documentary. This is it's enough. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, so we have a really cool episode today. We got to interview the, uh, um, Rob Snow, who started a nonprofit called Down, Stand Up for Downs. It's um, all the members in this improv troupe have Down syndrome and they travel across the country performing for people. They're now putting together like an online program to help new um new members learn the skills of improv and it's it's an amazing nonprofit. uh people with down syndrome has always been a, a a big passion of mine because i think people with down syndrome have such love and they're not they're they're just uh no filter. uninhibited yeah yeah and i and i love that about them and i found this uh, article that uh tom's just a flinch because i was like article yeah it's I'm loud. My, the viewers know it. They like they like it. And the listeners too. Viewers, <laughs> I'm just yeah. Uh, she's dyslexic, so she what is says. It, you know, what you always I say. I celebrate that. it. Why not? But it doesn't have anything to do with listening and hearing uh, or listening and uh, watching. It's been too many days. That's it's true. Been, we're all we're gonna take a nice one person vacation in a few years. I'm gonna vacation upstairs. She'll vacation downstairs. <laughs> right. I want to get a tent just to sit outside. Anyway, um, okay. I get I get very distracted here. Uh, so I read this article about Rob and this group, and I really wanted to uh, reach out to him. And he answered me, and he was so sweet. And he's from Chicago, and uh, his background is stand-up. He'll get into that. He'll talk about that. But uh, I really wanted to connect to somebody that was doing amazing things, and that's Rob. Yeah, Rob uh, actually has a son with Down syndrome uh, who actually will join, talks to us for a little bit for a couple minutes during the podcast. And uh, I think it is such a great thing to all of his world sort of combined with his background in comedy and then having a son with Down syndrome and then being able to use the comedy and sort of his his son and and creating this program right and i love it because of just social media has um been able to you know show that this group exists like i wouldn't know that and i just found this article and um i you know i i'm a big fan of this lady um grace candidly kind on instagram she's um she's an artist with down syndrome we bought some of her shirts uh last year Mm -hmm. and i wouldn't have known if i wasn't on instagram following these you know things that i'm you know really into and uh that we were able to do the podcast because of that so i think it's really cool yeah and then we uh they also got to work with zach uh who is an actor who was in peanut butter falcon and uh with shia 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 labeouf who's very hot he is very hot um and uh so I, I feel like it's great when when we start breaking down sort of those barriers of pe- letting you know allowing people with disabilities to be part of that mainstream and growing up you know my mom worked with people with disabilities and i did later on uh, when i worked at goodwill finding disabled people jobs and also zach was the first person with down syndrome i believe to present at the oscars this that's right he did him he and did shia a great job. yeah it was great but you're right like i think when you know they are in mainstream it's like okay that person's just in main you know i 
people should be accepting, but I think I want to see more and more of it. And I think this group and what Rob is doing is going to change the world, change how we see people with disabilities. And it's right. just really empowering and I love it. Yeah. And I think that's one thing we talked about little briefly was just he talks about how you know a lot of times disabilities it's like doing piece work where they're like maybe packaging stuff and maybe we see them picking picking up carts and stuff like that but that they're capable of so much more and to move beyond just sort of that idea of like well they can get carts and they can put things in boxes and you know they're they're, doing more too like right there's um um kyle who um i believe his name is kyle was it kyle Oh man, one of the one of the main players in the improv group for um, the imp- sure. improvineers. Mm-hmm. Um, his girlfriend uh, is has her own business of like of doing like a coffee shop. Mm-hmm. They were on Kelly Clarkson, I think. I'm, I hope I'm not mixing up things, but yeah. like you said, they are capable of so much. Yeah, and I think that's that's something that would be great to see in more uh, movies and more TV, and 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 I think that's how you get. Uh, you make that you break down those barriers is when you start seeing people, you know, whether it's race barriers or, or disabilities or gender and that sort of thing. When you start seeing that in movies and TV, then it becomes more normal and we get used to it and we accept it and, and we give those people more opportunities. So hopefully that's what uh, Rob's program will uh help create and I think it will I can't wait I can't wait to see where where uh, things go from having this um, this exist and Mm -hmm. I hope you guys enjoy it I sure I really enjoyed talking to Rob Mm -hmm. yeah and uh, so yeah enjoy the podcast and uh, again if you can leave us reviews on iTunes and all that sort of thing we really appreciate it it. tell your tell tell your friends and fam yeah we've got so many great episodes so really uh, good great guests we've have over 30 episodes 33 episodes this is our 34th episode so we've been doing it for some time now and uh, we we just love you guys so much (laughs) (laughs) good it got very personal quick Um, (laughs) oh I almost right. broke something. Stephanie just dropped something. Thank you guys so much, and uh, enjoy the podcast with Rob Snow. Bye. Bye. All right. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the I'm a Rescue podcast. I'm Tom Clark. I'm Steph Clark. And we have a very special guest. Yes, we do. We have Rob Snow in the house. Hey, Rob. Do you have, do you have like, laugh or uh, applause noise or anything? You'll, we should. We you'll should. Put you'll put that in. I get it. Right. Rob um, started an awesome uh, nonprofit called Stand Up for Downs, helping um, p- uh, young people with Down syndrome um, do uh, improv. So, yeah. And that, yeah. that's a great thing. I, I used to work at uh, Goodwill Industries in Milwaukee, yeah. and we I worked with disabled people, and uh, I think I, and I was taking improv at the time through comedy sports in Milwaukee. So I always thought, you know, I would invite them to my shows and they always loved it so i I love that you're doing that with them yeah i i actually did a lot of uh what's up (laughs) (laughs) you want to make a guest appearance on the uh podcast henry right (laughs) hey buddy hi they're all the way in california what do you think about that yeah i know oh yeah i know but my but i have to power up my switch (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. We're gonna, yeah. You're going to give that to mom because I'm on a call. <laughs> and I, I uh, one sec. Yeah, for sure. Priorities. He's so cute. He's doing his, uh, 
video game. That's how I am with video games. Yeah. That's the number one. It's like your number one priority. Yeah, I don't blame them. It's like <laughs> the biggest ones that I was on a call the other day. It was a pretty big call for the day job, and they both both boys just came running in, like screaming about something. And uh, fortunately, I think you know all of this has allowed a lot of that just to be normal and okay right. yeah totally. <laughs> yeah so you you were saying um about uh, how, how did you get involved with this program or how did you yeah you started as a stand-up right yeah so i i went out to uh i went out to chicago after i graduated in 95 i'm from ohio and i went to uh miami of ohio and then just went up to chicago because you know, my sister had been up there so i I knew she was up there. I knew it was a great town. I visited several times, you know, just, but no real direction, no real reason. I was a mass comm major. So it wasn't like, you know, I had some big crazy internship or anything, but um, so I got into a couple different things. I got into like, uh, you know, film and commercial production and I was a PA for a while and um, thought that was okay. Didn't love it. Um, and then I kind of fell backwards into a job totally coincidental. I wasn't even doing comedy at all, but the job entailed booking comedians uh, for colleges across the country, uh, like NACA. You heard of yeah. NACA? Yeah. And so I just like fell backwards into that, and it was a horrible job. Horrible. It was. Uh, <laughs> it was, it was the, the, what I was selling was interesting, and certainly, you know, I enjoyed that part of it, and then getting to talk to comedians and representing them, and. And we had some decent, you know, um, I mean, some that are bigger now. What was the agency? Uh, at the time, it was called REO Professional Artists. Okay. Um, now, there was a guy there, they called the Booking God. Uh, his name was Scott Bass. And I think now it's called Bass Schuller. Do you know Bass? Bass? Yeah, it's huge, yeah. They're huge. He was amazing. He was, he was a god, and I loved him. He was, he was I didn't like the owner as much, but uh, this guy was just amazing. And he would just like chain smoke the whole time and just phone, chain smoke, phone. And he had a computer, which, you know, back then it was, um, it wasn't even dark ages, but you know, 96, 97. And you, you know, it was like just kind of this um, DOS system that you just like go on. I'm like, what were we even doing on computers, you know? And, um, and he would just, and I just couldn't get there. You know, I couldn't do that all day. Right. But we would go to these conferences, you know, uh, once a quarter and I'd get to meet all these great comics and people we represented. And so it was that that part was really cool. But um, who were you representing? Oh, some of the bigger names would like Greg Fitzsimmons was kind of a big name. Kevin Brennan, uh, you know, was a little bit bigger of a name at the time. Um, there was a guy. Uh, I won't even. I won't even get. It was a guy who ended up being kind of a bad person. Who, uh, yeah, is in jail now because of what he did while he was on these. Was that Vincent Champ? You got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. That's a that's a crazy story. Wow. Oh, we were and we were like in the heart of it or the thick of it. Um, a guy. Now, now you did comedy in uh, I'm Chicago. We don't know each other because yeah. I saw we have mutual friends on Facebook. We Johnny Beaner. Oh really? Um, yeah. Tom, Tom yeah. knows. I started knows Johnny for a while. I started in '94, and I was in Milwaukee. Okay. In Chicago, probably '98, '99, doing uh, 
Zanies, and then also I was at Second City. So, um, so wow, yeah. I can't believe we didn't bump into each other. We probably did. Probably. Somewhere we probably bumped in. I started waning in it. Like, I, I probably started, I would say, 96, and then started kind of, it started to kind of wane, you know, uh, around 99, around 99. And that's when I was like, ah, I really want the, the real job and yeah, right. real, real wife, real house and all of that. And I, I really just kind of gave it up cold Turkey. Um, and you know, I, I was working downtown at a place called rock bottom brewery. And that's where like, uh, Matt Bronger, um, right. if you know, Matt, Matt, actually I got, <laughs> he loves this story, but I got Matt into comedy. So oh, like I was performing, uh, I used to do pretty well at this club called Banana Joe's and then it was called Joe's um, in Chicago. And then, you know, and they kind of had me in a, like a headliner spot, even though it was just like the last spot. It wasn't officially a headliner spot. But um, anyway, they liked me enough. And then one night somebody didn't appear and Bronger would come to these shows. And I'm like, dude, you got to get up. You're so you're crazy funny. And and he just got up this one night. There was an open slot. And he, of course, he killed. And. I was like, what? That's your first time? That's, that's nobody's first time up. Like, he just killed. And, um, and then from there, he was, you know, Matt Bronger and did his thing. But he's still, we're still very tight today and uh, keep in touch about once a quarter. And he was in my wedding and all that good stuff. So. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I still know Matt and still see him out here. Yeah. And then, so describe that transition into – uh sort of improv and then deciding to work with you know people with disabilities and that sort of thing well so i like i said i quit i uh and i got the real job real house real wife all of that and um and i didn't really even look back i mean for eight years i didn't even think much about performing at all um and then we and then my wife came to me uh we were living downtown chicago and she had a great job um as like an insurance broker and she'd been there about 15 years we had our first son he was four at the time or maybe three and a half. And, uh, you know, we were dropping him off at daycare every day, like at seven and picking him up at five or six. It was just, it's a tough thing to do. Um, and she just said, I'm done, like figure it out. We, I'm done. And, uh, so I was like, well, if it's all on me, then we're, we're going to have to move out of downtown Chicago. Um, in this house. So, you know, I'm from Cleveland area. And I said, why don't we go back there? They got like half off housing and, uh, you know, it'd be great. So we did. And two things started to happen. We moved to this uh, little town called Medina, Ohio. It's just uh, about 30 minutes outside of Cleveland. And I, for some reason, started doing comedy again. I don't know if I had, you know what it is? It's like, you guys are comics. Like I had one joke. I had one joke that I was like, I got to tell this joke on stage. <laughs> like, it's, just, it's so good. I got to tell it. And um, I was so proud of it. And so I, um, you know, and I, it was that joke. But then now, you know, and then I was kind of starting to write new material. And now it's about being married, having a kid. And the other thing is I, I didn't really care anymore. You know, it wasn't, I wasn't doing it for my livelihood. So there was a totally different mentality that I had to it. Like I wasn't just, you know, trying so hard to be successful at it. So I would just do a couple open mics, guest sets here and there. And then, um, and then I would go down to Funny Bone in Columbus. Um, right. If you've ever been down there. Uh, Big group. And- group, yeah. It was amazing uh, 
club and he's just the nicest guy. And I did well with, you know, five minutes and he's like, yeah, can you come back and do 10? And I said, yeah. And he said, uh, Hey, can you come back and do 20? Like, okay. And then I did that and he goes, yeah, I'd like you to feature for me. So I, that had never happened even in Chicago. It was always just MC was the highest I had gotten mm-hmm. um, in the professional scene. And so I was like, wow, I got to do that. But here I have this like day job where I'm, you know, um, we're traveling. I'm a you know, national salesperson. So I'm traveling all around. So my wife's thrilled, of course, that I'm going to go four nights and six shows and all that. <laughs> But meanwhile, while that's happening, and this was over the course of like coming back in 08, that was over the course of like a year that all that kind of happened. But the other crazy thing that happened as soon as we got to Medina is my wife got pregnant Mm -hmm. uh, with our second son, Henry. So nine months later, Henry was born with Down syndrome. So I've got these kind of two crazy things happening in my world, right? This resurgence into comedy and uh and then obviously having a child with special needs which is just like you know just blows your mind mm-hmm. in so many different directions um was there know, was there how did that feel when that happened when henry was born was that was that something you and your wife had to work through or yeah yeah i mean there's no you know i actually have a show called minimize the mountain that i do around the country um i'll kind of get to that but it's, yeah, it's devastating. Um, absolutely. Because you don't know any better. You know, we didn't know really anybody with Down syndrome at the time. And, um, and you know, you, they don't do a great job at hospitals. They're getting better. Um, some, some do fine. But, you know, even back then, that they just don't do a great job. You know, you've got a doctor who gives you a pamphlet that tells you every horrible thing about Down syndrome, you know, medically. And it's sure it's it's true. I mean, you know, from the medical side, tells you everything that could possible, but they don't tell you about, you know, the hugs and the smiles. And the they don't, like, they don't, they're not optimistic. I mean, they should be optimistic about it. No. And, and, you know, it's better now than ever, but it, I mean, it used to be 20, 30 years ago. It was so much worse because if, if you, if you knew prenatally, there were three pamphlets, one was adoption, one was abortion and one was institutions. And then if you found out after, then it was institutions and adoption. Like those were the pamphlets that were being given to you, you know, like it just was insane back then. Um, And then now, like I said, 11 years ago, it was more, it wasn't like, you know, the doctors weren't just like so morose about it anymore, but they weren't necessarily positive. But what one great, the best thing in the world that happened was totally, um, I guess I don't even consider it a coincidence, but we had chosen our pediatrician randomly. I'd never met her before in our life. And um, since we'd only been in Medina for nine months. And um, so she comes into the hospital room, never met her before. She, you know, she's this, she's this tough kind of, you know, Jewish New York doctor that's like, I'm not going to take anybody's shit. I know what I'm doing. And um, she was just very matter of fact with us, but, 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 she didn't know either. And so she looks at Henry and examines him, you know, just kind of gives him the once over and looks him, looks him around and, and she hands him back and she's like, well, I'm about 80% sure your son has Down syndrome. And then as like our hearts, you know, descend into the pits of our stomach um, with what we thought was the worst news we'd ever heard, uh, she goes, and that is awesome. And then she turns around her laptop and she starts showing us pictures of her daughter was down syndrome. Wow. How crazy is that, right? 
So, you know, really kind of divine and really amazing. Um, it's kind of a big part of a wow. two shows that I created. But so all that was kind of happening. And then the comedy thing's happening. Now it's really like, oh, you're still, you know, my wife's like, oh, you're still doing that? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we, we both got very involved in the downstream community. But I, you know, kept, so I went and I did the featuring. I did that um, at one of his, I did it actually at a Toledo Funny Bone mm-hmm. um, and loved it. Like did great, uh, really enjoyed myself and, and felt like a true pro. You know, felt like I did what I was supposed to do. And um, and I got in my hotel room. A hard transition, too. Like, it doesn't happen very often where you're able to move up that quickly as far as MC. Oh, I absolutely knew it. I, and I, I knew, you know, from everything that I had done in my previous life, you know, in the late 90s. And I knew why it was happening faster, too. I just, there was, I think Stroop just saw probably this, such a maturity level to it, such a, you know, balanced act, like everything was so much different than what I thought I needed when I was in the, you know, as a comedian, like in the 90s, what I thought was really important, which was, you know, like I thought I needed this edgy act, you know, I only needed to practice at open mics and, um, you know, and I learned this time where I couldn't get out to open mics where I did a lot of mirror practicing. And I'm, I'm, I'm like a proponent of that. I know there's so many comics who are like, get to every open mic you can, work at every club you can. It's fine. It can work for a lot of people. But you guys both know you can kill a lot of jokes at open mics too, meaning like, because they don't laugh because it's other comics. And it's, right. so you can have this great joke, stumble on it a little bit, and then it dies. And if, you, and if you don't have a stronger mentality about yourself and your material, you walk away and you go, well, I guess that joke didn't work. Cross up, and it could have been an amazing joke. Yeah. Right. So sure. I don't know why. I just think I just think it was a different level that I was at. Even though I hadn't practiced as much, it was still very tight, you know. And anyway, so I did that. I get in my room on the last night, Sunday night, and I had this realization, which was, I'm good. Like I'm never going to perform comedy in that manner again. Like, I don't need it, bucket list, crossed it off. But I knew I had more to say, so I started writing a show called uh, We Need a Sign. And that became like this one-man show about raising a child with special needs. It was comedy, it was heartfelt, you know. Um, why, why the title We Need a Sign? Well, <laughs> a couple reasons. One was, you know, I, I was kind of this... Um, you know, there were just too many coincidences happening ever since Henry was born and even before that. There was just so many of these coincidences and, you know, random connections, crazy occurrences where you're just like, you have no choice but to just be like, what the hell just, what, how are you in the same room? How did we meet, you know? And I was kind of this, you know, I wasn't real religious. I uh, was cynical comic and all of that. And after a while though, you do start to go, well, wow. Like, how, why is all this happening? And I started looking at it. I was like, well, I could believe in that as being some sort of sign from, from whatever, you know, if you want to call it God, if you want to call it faith, whatever you want to call it, um, that's important to you is great. But, or you can, you can not believe it and kind of just be in the cynical line. But the other side of that is you think, oh, there's somebody looking out for me. Uh, I'm moving in the right direction. And maybe all this is meant to be, which is a much more fun kind of cool line to be in like it's it's more uplifting in life so that's kind of what I chose 
And the other reason I called it We Need a Setting was because I, we were walking down the street one day, my wife and I, it was like two months after Henry was born. We had a night out, you know, my parents were watching the boys. So we're at this, we're going to this restaurant in our town, walking down the street and this door opens to the restaurant. This little girl comes out, has Down syndrome. And she's probably like, I don't know, eight or nine. <laughs> oh no. And, um, oh, hello, Henry. Did you want to, how do you want to say anything? Hi, Henry. Oh, oh nice. You look great. Bow tie. Very dapper. You got to say it loud. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Are you um, auditioning for the Chip Vandales? Or... <laughs> <laughs> this is not something I have. Uh... Oh, detective? This oh, is what yeah. the new hot detectives wear. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. That's very yeah. dapper. Yeah, very dapper. All right, mom's calling you. Good job. I love it. Oh my God. So anyway, um, this girl comes out and we hadn't really seen older children with Down syndrome at this time. So you're kind of like, you know, you're just like staring and you're going, oh my God, look, she's beautiful. And she's got these siblings and they're all holding hands and they just seem so happy. So, but, and then as she passes me, I was about to say something to her and then I was like, that'll be weird. So I'll say something to her mom. And I look up in time for her mom to like, give me the worst look another person because I was the dreaded stare you know like we talk about that in the Down syndrome community like people who stare and so we need a sign came up from like when I don't have my calling card Henry with me right and I'm staring at somebody else with Down syndrome what I'm thinking is oh I want to talk to him I want to say hey me too I'm in the club you're excited right. I need a I need a sign just something to be like hey you know I'm with you but anyway so that all happened and then uh, you know, then we got very involved in that Down syndrome community. So then around 2000, that was around 2011, I started doing these shows around the country. And I did some at the Goodwill, uh, a bunch of Goodwills. I did a lot of Goodwill shows. Um, so that's how I know a lot about Goodwill. But then um, in 2013, my wife and I were like, we want to do more. What can we do? And so we started, I was like, you know, we know comedy. Uh, what can we do with that? We go, we'll put on a bunch of comedy events and raise money. And so we started Stand Up for Downs. And it was just all, at the beginning, it was all about just raising money. Um, right, you had, I, I read in an article that uh, it started as um, comedy shows, right? That, absolutely. It started as comedy shows to raise proceeds for Stand Up. Yeah, and we just, we raised all, we, so we were like a foundation. So we would just raise all this money and then we'd kick it back out to the Down syndrome community or the disability community. And uh, I think we ended up in five years putting out about $300,000 or something like that. Wow. So people got a lot of checks and which was really amazing to us. And, 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 and we got to be well known. I, we weren't really a part of the action in terms of like, you know, we didn't have any programs. We weren't, you know, but we had, so all these other people were doing like the action of helping the Down syndrome community. And we had like great courtside seats to it because you know we're doling out checks and then it was um i guess in late in 2017 was when the idea um i was with a friend uh in detroit and she used to perform in detroit for uh tony and tina's wedding right remember that yeah and uh and she was an improviser and stuff and she had two girls under the age of five and then three more on the way so she had triplets coming up Wow. We're all girls. And um, so they, you know, they, uh, I was like, well, if you weren't doing anything for the next, you know, 
30 years, or whatever, what, what would you want to be doing? And she goes, I always wanted to teach improvisation to people with special needs. I was like, wow, why is that? And she goes, oh my God, imagine the possibilities. And I just like for, you know, for the next hour, we just talked. And then I was just so blown away by it. I'm like, you know, partially pissed that I never thought of it. Um, you know, and then she, uh, and then I drove home from Detroit three hours and I just, I came, you know, came up with everything. I was like, wow. you know, not everything, but the idea of it, mm-hmm. because I thought, you know, if we could teach improvisation, these skill sets to individuals with Down syndrome, that we can greatly increase social and workplace opportunities, which is honestly the biggest worry I have right now. And most parents of, of those with disabilities have, what kind of jobs can they get, you know? meaningful jobs, jobs that fit their abilities. You know, right now we have a lot of jobs out there, but a lot of times, I mean, you talk about Goodwill, a lot of times and Goodwill does a great job, but if you go in the back of Goodwill and, and see what's going on, it's a lot of sorting, stacking, and you know, which can be great. I have no issues with those jobs, but there's a lot of individuals with Down syndrome or developmental disabilities that can do far more than that. Mm-hmm. So They're so creative and, and- oh. And they have no filter. I mean, they that's why of, that that's why the improv works great because they don't have that. They can just react. When you get, yeah, when you can kind of get that, you know, get them fully understanding, and it comes in the third or fourth week, you know, even of the first year that you do it, it um, it just starts to you know come out, and they get this like they've been told all their lives, like, oh, don't say this, don't do this. Here's that, you know, this is etiquette here, and you you, you know. And now it's like, it starts to come out, but then it's, once it starts to come out, now you got to pull it back a little too. Right. You know, for some, we always love to say in improv, right? There's no rules, but there's enough, there's rules. Right. There's a lot of rules in improv. Um, so did you, because of your background in stand-up, did you have to kind of learn about improv? Um, no, so that was the other thing. I, I did that um, in tandem when I was in, in Chicago. I was, I studied at Second City for, about two years and I went to IO and then to the annoyance theater. And so I had really kind of hit all levels of, um, of improv, um, always getting to a point of like, you know, being good to being actually probably, you know, really good or pretty good, but then meeting up with other people who were really good. And then I, and then finding a way to like, you know, back out of it because, (laughs) <laughs> because in reality, I was just scared of the competition. Well, and, then, and, the, and the improv scene in the late 90s in Chicago was pretty insane. amazing. I mean, yeah, it was insane. I mean, I was in, you know, uh, well, when I was working at Second City, I was like seating people and hosting and washing dishes and all that good stuff. And that was, you know, on the main stage was Tina and Rachel Dratch, Horatio, Kevin Dorff, uh, Scott Adsit. I mean, look, that's every one of those people are on TV right now. Um, you know, and then the other stage had even other, um, Neil Flynn was on the other stage. Uh-huh. You must have known, uh, you must know Mike Lucas, right? I know Mike really well. Actually, that was one I represented as a comedian. Um, okay. Yeah, okay. I knew Mike well before that. And then I actually went to school with his sister. So Mike, I, I love, love Mike. He's one of my favorite comics ever. And actually, when we moved to Canton, w- when we started doing shows, or when we moved to the Cleveland area, I grew up in a town called Canton, Ohio. Mm-hmm. And me and a buddy from high school started producing comedy events there, not part of Stand Up for Downs. 
and Mike was one of our big performers that we'd bring in. Oh yeah, he's great. And I mean, with the improv and the stage. Oh, he's one of the best improvisers I've ever seen right. on stage. Well, one, one thing, um, back, sorry, back to the uh, improv part of it, Tom and I were talking, cause we were trying, like I have my company, Funny Girl Events, where we try to um, have improv shows at different venues and improv is hard enough to pitch. Yeah. And, and what, what, is, um, what is the process like for you to try to pitch these shows even you know improv with people with disabilities or are so it's certainly a novelty of it right there's um now so we're getting booked like crazy so you can so now we've kind of developed so for what we did was we started out doing monthly classes and then you know just once a month classes and then we were having such good results i was like what if we did this with a more committed crew maybe a more advanced crew once a week so we auditioned the world's first all Down syndrome improv troupe, the Improvineers. And that was 10 individuals, and they met once a week from like March of 2018. And then we put on this really big show uh, in Akron, two sold out shows in July of 2019. Killed, like just destroyed. Um, there's good video of it on, on our website. But um, so, so then we had to put everything together. Like, okay, how does this all, what worked, what didn't work, what games work? So we went back kind of the, to the drawing board, myself and my assistant, Maggie, where we, we scoured books um, and found games that really fit in. We knew every skill set we wanted to hit. We knew what games worked in the last year, but now we wanted to kind of supplement that. So we've created the Improvineer Method. And essentially what the Improvineer Method is, is, is really just this form of improvisation where you're teaching it to individuals with developmental disabilities. So we're gonna capture, it's, you know, it's, it's no different than the way we learned improvisation uh, with the exception of there's a lot more repetition. So you're not just gonna get bombarded each week with different games. It's a much more scaffolding kind of approach where we're gonna build this foundation first until you get it. Now we're gonna add a new game until you get it. Now we're gonna add a new game. So it's a lot more redundancy um, and repetition, but, um, but you know, the same things, I mean, you're building skill sets like, you know, uh, problem solving and quicker thinking, creative thinking, um, you know, uh, adapting to change, character development, all these eye contact, voice projection. I mean, those are really important skills, all with the idea to increase social workplace opportunities. That's the, I don't want to create the greatest improvisers in the world. I'm looking to increase those social workplace opportunities and build confidence for them self-confidence awesome. oh one, well, one of your players um nick nick yeah. who was i saw a clip on kelly clarkson and and then y'all had a, an event and met the actor of peanut butter falcon yeah how was that experience it's been awesome he's on one of our uh, so we're doing all these zoom improv classes now mm -hmm. so after we met him um he became great friends with nick and um and then, you know, I got to know him and his mom a little bit more. I know his agent pretty well. His agent, or his manager, actually has a son with Down syndrome. So, um, yeah, and so, uh, so, and we knew each other even before all of this. Uh, actually, his agent, sorry, his manager helped me put on a show in L.A. One of the first things we ever did with Stand Up for Downs in 2013. We did this show at um, uh, one of the, maybe the Hollywood Improv. Okay. Um, Oh, yeah, Garfunkel yeah. Garfunk Oates was on it, and um, oh, cool. Andy Daly, the Star Brothers. Like, it was crazy. Um, mm -hmm. So, anyway, we, um, 
so Nick, Nick has been, yeah, he, he works for us now. So awesome. he kind of uh, was quickly a leader of that group. And now he's, um, we pay him. He sits on our board. Like he's my right hand man any, anywhere I go. So oh, wow. that's great. Yeah. Oh, we'll probably wrap it up, but I was just saying, I just think like what you're doing is incredible. And I just, I can see it as like an amazing documentary. You ever think of um, going that route with showing? We, oh, oh, COVID. Uh, <laughs> we, we were all set. We were all set. We had this great thing where we were going to do uh, eight shows um, at this uh, place called Gigi's Playhouses. And they're actually started out of, um, around Hoffman Estates um, in Chicago. Right. And they're playhouses for people with Down syndrome and you know, literally uh, from like kids and then they have learning programs up through adulthood and everything like that. Um, but each one of them is built with a stage and everything. So they're really performance driven. And we were gonna do these shows for them, like eight shows, nine nights, we were renting a bus. We we're gonna wrap it in our logo. Uh, I have a friend of mine that works with me at Rock Bottom Brewery in Chicago. He's been a producer in LA for a number of years. He's done some really big stuff. And uh, he, he was on board to be the showrunner of it. We had everything. And then it was going to come down, the bus was going to come down to Indianapolis or Bloomington, uh, Indianapolis University or Indiana University. And, um, and there was a conference that was having us perform there of like 3,000 individuals. Uh, mostly college kids. It was a best buddies conference. Oh, yeah. And it was, um, it would have been huge. Like that would have been the scene, the final scene. We had it all laid out. Um, still going to happen. We're going to do this, but I think probably next year, but oh, it's man. funny you mentioned the doc. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Can't so wait for that to happen. Where can we, uh, where can people find out more about uh, the improv program and get involved in that sort of thing? Yeah, I think just uh, Facebook's probably our biggest stand-up for downs on Facebook. Um, uh, we have a smaller page called the Improvineers. And then standupfordowns.org, you'll see tons of clips on what we've done. You'll see all of our, had a lot of really great uh, media attention on this, um, from the Washington Post to todayshow.com and um, all these other things. So it's been really just an amazing ride. And um, but I love hearing from, you know, just in, not that, you know, I don't take this the wrong way, but even more obscure people like you guys, you just kind of hear of us from wherever. And you're like, I don't, I mean, I don't even know how we got connected or how you saw something, yeah. Stephanie, but I just think that's so cool when, you know, people like not really in the disability community all of a sudden see it and they're like, Oh, this is interesting. Well, I, when I was a kid, I befriended a girl with down syndrome and for some reason I've always been drawn to them. I just think they're full of love. Yeah. Uh, I'm addicted to that A&E show, Born This Way, and oh, actually yeah. what, two you of them. You know all them. Those are great friends of mine, yeah. Oh, awesome. Two of, them, two of the cast members came into my restaurant, a bartender in, in North Hollywood, and I like freaked out. I was like a fan for us at the time. I bought their mom's rosés. I was just like, oh, yeah. I, I was shaking. And I had Brad Pitt come in, and I cried <laughs> when Born This Way cast members came in. Uh, oh, wow. And then I found your article on Facebook, and I was like, oh, my God, these are the both of these things, comedy and people with Down syndrome, those, those combination of things, just that article stood out to me and I just thought it was incredible. I just think what you're doing is amazing. Thank you, oh man, thank you so much. I, I can't tell you how much we appreciate it. And I love, I love when the, the, the comedians see it too and understand what we're doing. You have, you have a very much appreciation for 
all of this that we do here. So I, I can't wait for, um, I just think it's the beginning for you guys and I can't wait to watch yeah. you journey. Yeah, thank yeah. you so much. Thanks, for... Rob. You got it. Maybe we can connect further uh, if we start getting some things out in LA. Yeah, love That'd be to. Great. We, love to help. Yeah, I'll open for them anytime. <laughs> awesome.